You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Nicole Lewis-Kieber, CEO of Nicole Lewis-Kieber Coaching. Nicole is a licensed therapist turned life coach and professional speaker who now works with business owners to help them overcome trauma and create a better relationship with their business. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so happy you're here today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here too. Great. So I gave you kind of just a little short introduction, and but tell us more about what it means to be a therapist turned life coach, a professional speaker who works with business owners to help them overcome trauma and create a better relationship with their business. What does that mean? Right. Um, so Oh, when I left the world of being a therapist, um, I have a master's degree in social work and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And so my background has been across all levels of behavioral health. Um, and when I left that field to start doing coaching, and I was doing a lot of money mindset coaching initially, what I began to see was that a lot of people were struggling with what they thought was a mindset issue. And it wasn't. It was actually um, a little bit of a deeper challenge emotionally where their childhood trauma or some kind of traumatic experience in their childhood was creating some kind of impact in their business that they didn't know how to handle. And they didn't even know that's what it was. And so I began to notice this pattern with the small business owners I was working with and the entrepreneurs and even within myself and my own business. Um, about how we were building relationships with our business that were not supportive, but were demanding and demeaning and often replicating some kind of relationship dynamic that we had from our past. So um, as I began to see this, I, I started looking at it, studying about it, speak, you know, speaking about it, and it has created the niche that I have for my company right now, which is um, really studying the impact of small team trauma on entrepreneurship, uh, writing about it, working with CEOs who have identified those patterns and the way that they set up their business and they want to change it. Um, and yeah, just having these conversations because when I first started to see this, I Googled to see was anybody, <laughs> was anybody talking about how trauma impacts small business um, owners, entrepreneurs, and the systems and ways that they set up their business, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm kind of out here running out front a little bit trying to figure out what this all is. So. <laughs> right, right. And I, I can really see where that, um, I can really see where there's a need for that because, you know, I've worked uh, with a lot of clients and um, it's one of the things that you don't expect when you are a, when you're coaching people in, yeah, I'm a business coach. And one of the things that you don't expect when you get into coaching, you think you're going to be just working with people on their, on their business plans, <laughs> you know, but when you're, when you're working with solo entrepreneurs or, you know, CEOs and you're working closely with them, one of the things that comes up, you know, I mean, you're working with individuals mm -hmm. and you've got to deal with the individual and 
So what are some of those sort of signs that you were seeing that indicated to you that maybe there was something going on here beyond, you know, the usual? Well, I always say that we don't drop our baggage when we start a business <laughs> um, and that we bring all of who we are into it, thankfully, for the, you know, for the best and some of our challenges. Um, and that a lot of times when people decide, because you know, I have a lot of clients who have left corporate or um, they've always been entrepreneurs or, or had you know, more kind of solo gigs. And when they ended up hiring employees and expanding their business, you know, they bumped into some challenges. Um, but no one really asks you how you want to feel about your business. They ask you about your business plan, your marketing plan, you know, teach you how to have sales conversations. You know, they probably do some mindset work with you, too, around performance mindset and high, high achieving. Um, but I, hadn't, I had not seen that anyone ask you, you know, how do you want to feel about your business? How do you want to be supported by it? What partnership do you want to have with it? Um, and what possible challenges from your past without it could creep up in your business and could creep up here and cause a challenge that perhaps you didn't expect to see it there. Cause no one expects to see um, you know, the fact that they were bullied as a kid in school or the fact that they had a learning disability or their parents divorced and they had to move around a lot. You know, those are kind of examples of small T type, you know, traumas. No one expects that to show up in their business. You know, you're not expecting it to be in this arena. And so we miss it. And the next thing you know, it has set up shop in your sales. It's set up shop in your, in your money. It's set up shop in your employee relationships. And um, it can be very erosive to a business because um, those experiences really cause us to not trust ourselves and other people. And you have to learn how to trust the people that you employ, the people around you in order to expand, expand leverage and, and build a very successful business. So there's so many ways that it shows up and we can go into those a little bit later, but um, there's so much around this and that we need to understand what small T trauma is as opposed to large T trauma so that we can actually look at them and say, let's call a thing a thing. This isn't stress or overwhelm. This is actually a pattern um, that was created by a traumatic event that is showing up again in a new arena. So we have to look at it. So there's lots to unpack there. What you just I said. Know, right? so let's start, yeah, I know. So let's start with, let's start with defining some things. You mentioned uh, little T and big T trauma. So tell us what that is. Yeah. So when we as a society talk about trauma, typically what we're talking about is, you know, what you would label as a big T trauma. It's like post-traumatic stress or you know, domestic violence, um, assault, you know, those bigger, um, more violent, you know, type of traumatic or, or catastrophic illness, you know, or an accident. Um, and small T traumas are more of the cumulative experiences that we have over our formative years that takes us off course from who we were meant to be. It changes how we see ourselves and it changes what might be possible for us. So, I always like to say that big T traumas explode and small T traumas erode. And what they and and so they create a story that we tell ourselves about who we are and patterns of behavior um, that come from those experiences. So that's kind of the difference between small T and big T when we're talking about definition. And you uh but one of the interesting things that you said to me in a conversation that you and I had earlier uh was that you said that you you were careful never to really define for somebody 
what for them is a big T versus a, a small T trauma, right? It's important for, for people to define for themselves what's a big T and what's a small T trauma, right? Yeah, it really is. You know, my, my role is to educate people that there are differences in trauma and that, mm-hmm. um, and what I was often seeing is that people were, who had big T traumas were minimizing them and saying that they were, oh, well, I must have that. That's a small T trauma because X, Y, Z happened. And I would say, Actually, you know, if you look at the definition of big T, that's actually a big T drama that you're minimizing and not giving yourself space for. Um, but, you know, a lot of people will just say, oh, I had a bad childhood or things were rough when actually it's not it's not just a story about their childhood. It actually created um, a way of being in the world that was different, perhaps, than who they would have been had they not experienced those. And um and so I always like to say, you know, these are kind of the frameworks for how trauma shows up, but I don't get to define it for you because your experience can be different than mine, you know, based on, you know, race, sexual orientation, gender, you know, all these things, um, social, uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now, um, oppression, like racial oppression, all these things that can impact. Whatever, yeah, whatever the norm was in your community and your culture and your wherever, mm-hmm. you know, the socioeconomics or, yep. or whatever, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. All of that impacts and all of that can be a form of trauma. It depends on how we took on that information and then it changed who we are, how we see ourselves in the world. And that's going to vary from individual to individual yeah. because you might take two, two people from the same family or, or are going to experience things in, a, in different sorts of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at it in terms of our business, right? Mm-hmm. So what what's let's talk about ways that it can show up in our business and how it can impact and affect our business, right? Because we we tend to think of, you know, things like our interpersonal relationships, right? And how things show up and how we relate to lovers and spouses mm-hmm. and children and things like that, but we don't tend to think um, that those kinds of things can have an impact on how we run our business and employees and employers and, you know, uh, vendor relationships and all that kind of stuff. But so let's talk about some of the ways that can you give us some examples of ways that you have you know, do you have stories or do you have any stories oh, <laughs> about how the how you've seen those sort of traumas play out for people in business relationships? Yeah, so let me give you a few different ones. Um, so let me back up and tell you how this information came to me because it is different. And I think that we all experience things in life and in business to be of service to others. And so I'm going to tell you a quick story about how I realized that I was recreating my own trauma in my business Mm -hmm. so that it, so it can give you a place to jump off and it it might um, be helpful because someone else might recognize it. Um, So I, you know, I worked for other people most of my life as a therapist in whatever capacity I was in. I had an employer most of the time. I had a very small private practice with about 10 patients at once. Um, But, you know, they came from an insurance company. I rented my office space. It didn't really require a whole lot, you know, from me. And um, even at that point, I don't think I really saw myself as a business owner. Um, 
But after I started my coaching practice and started and was doing a lot of money mindset coaching with my clients, as I mentioned before, um, a lot of the clients who I think were attracted to me were because I had been a therapist before and they felt more comfortable sharing maybe deeper bits of their life and experiences that they were having. And I began to see pretty clearly that the money mindset coaching that they needed was actually more around how they had traumas in their past that were connected to money and connected to security and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And so about two years into my own business, I realized one morning really early um, that I was feeling very beat up and I was feeling like a loser and a failure and that I couldn't make they them possible, like that invisible they that's out there that's you know, demanding. Um, and in, I won't give you the long story, but the short story was that that morning I realized that if I was feeling beat up and I'll go far so far as to say abused by my business, which I did that morning. I felt like nothing I did was good enough. Nothing was right. I was failing miserably. If I was feeling that way and no one else was in my business at that point but me, I had to look at the fact that I had set up that dynamic myself, that I did this. It was my business. I was responsible for how I had set it up. And I realized in that moment that if I'm feeling beat up by this business, it's because I have recreated a pattern of behavior from my own past trauma here, and I have successfully made my business a, a mean boss. You know, I've successfully made my business a abusive partner. You know, I did this, and so wow. yeah, I realized I was abusing myself with my business, which is not an uncommon pattern for people who've had some kind of trauma or you know, you know, critical parent or someone. Is we recreate traumatic patterns. That's how we are as human beings. That's what we do. And we don't look at our business as an arena to recreate that pattern of trauma. Um, And so once I saw that, I realized, okay, so I'm in a relationship with my business. How do I fix this? I used, you know, my background as a therapist to determine the relationship I wanted to have with my business and how to feel about it, how I wanted to partner with it and be supported by it instead of be berated by it. Um, and then I began to see that all of my clients were in the same boat. They were creating businesses that were supposed to be loving, supportive, and like their way out into financial freedom. And they were just using it as one more tool to prove themselves unworthy and beat themselves up. And so um, so you can see when we recreate patterns of trauma, how easily we can be triggered by um, an employee who we don't trust because we have you know, problems trusting people. And so we end up micromanaging them and doing everything, you know, that we paid them to do ourselves and how resentment builds up. And the behavior of uh, relying on someone is the behavior of trust. And trust is such a big deal when it comes to these patterns um, that we don't trust ourselves and we don't trust the people around us. So we get a new client, we immediately go into battle with that client because we don't trust that they really want to be there for us. They really want to work with us. We think it's a fluke or, you know, we see something about them that we start telling ourselves stories about it or these employees that we've hired to try and help us build our business and to get some relief so we don't feel so beat up and we can't trust them to do their work. And so we end up um, muddying that relationship Um our relationship with our money and how it impacts our business and how our internal worth impacts our outer wealth and how um, we command our prices and how we don't give things away. So it's pretty, 
if you if you're not looking for it, it can set up shop pretty quickly and it can be very erosive. You <clears throat> well, and you hire and and I've seen it in the in coaching relationships. Mm-hmm. You hire mm-hmm. coaches. You hire mm-hmm. coaches so that then you can you then hang it on the hang it on a coach. <laughs> you, yeah. You know, you create a situation where you can then say, oh, then then I have someone that I can now say, this is your responsibility for, you know, you put yourself in a in a victim situation, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. makes try to make mm-hmm. somebody else a, a bad guy or an authority figure or a decision maker or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I you know. So yeah. Yeah. You start way. setting your you start setting your coach up to be the bad guy, right? Really quickly. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's not just, you know, there's a pattern. So it can be when you hire like a coach to help you immediately after something gets triggered or some kind of request or some dynamic, next thing you know, you are, you know, feeling like this person is the bad guy and that they don't understand or, you know, whatever it is. And that's and why it's so important. Coaches can really step into that too. Coaches yeah. can really step into that if they if they're not aware that this kind of thing you know, look out for this kind of thing. They can step into that pretty quickly and pretty easily too. Oh. Yeah, I think it's crucial for for coaches, particularly if you're dealing with any kind of emotional transformation. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that that you know that you can step in it really quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I learned that early on in what I in, in doing this kind of work. The 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 danger of triggering somebody. Not knowing, not knowing that you are, you know, so. Yeah, and they probably don't know either. That's, that's part of, you know, the, the challenge is that they may not have been a place to be aware of it and just say to themselves, you know, this thing triggered me and the story I'm telling myself is this and it has nothing to do with my coach. This is my work to do. Um, yeah, but not everyone's in that space. And I'm sure you see this a lot, but one of the things I see a lot is that people who, own businesses will have they'll have a challenge and um, maybe it's on time management or something like that and they'll hire a coach to help them or they'll put business processes on emotional problems and they don't get relief and then that both of those people feel frustrated when a lot of the times that you know when we're bumping up some kind of pattern that we've noticed over and over and over in our business it's an emotional challenge and it doesn't require a business strategy you know you're just going to waste your money on that And also not, not the, the mindset work requires something more. Let's talk about the mindset work. That's Mm -hmm. tell me how that's different from um, therapy, because one of the things you and I had talked about um, before was at what point do you, does your work end and you refer them to Mm -hmm. back to a therapist because you're, when you're working with people, um, and identifying trauma in their and how it informs their business decisions. Mm-hmm. At what point do you say, okay, uh, this is now getting back into therapeutic work, and that I no longer work as a therapist? There's a line because now what you yeah. do is life coaching, right? Yeah. So tell yeah, me about. Well- yeah, so my business, my clients call me a business therapist for a reason. So they'll say my my business coach can't help me with this, and my therapist doesn't understand. And so that's why I'm kind of this like little middle space of you know I totally get it. I think when you're doing mindset work with someone, you know, particularly people who have not owned a business before or 
or taking a small business or solo, you know, ownership to a higher to the next level, um, there's a certain amount of mindset work that's required around that, right? It's a new place. It's a new platform. It's not somewhere they've been before. So, of course, they're going to feel a little fearful and have some anxiety um, perhaps about it. And the way to see if this is where you're at is if the person that you're working with has the usual mindset challenge of what they're telling themselves, maybe some language around it, um, and you're giving them mindset um, exercises and challenges around changing their behavior and having more of an open mindset instead of a constricted or closed one, and they're really digging into that and they're doing well. Like they're bringing on the new language they're being kind to themselves because they know, hey, I've you know never been a CEO before. Of course, this is going to be hard. And of course, there's going to be challenges and I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm going to stay open and I'm going to learn. Um, you know, if you see that they're taking on those mindset, you know, tips, tricks and ways of being that are different, you know, it's different than if you have someone who can't quite absorb it, is um, staying stuck in the inner critic, the um, you know, some of the, the deeper emotional language that they may be using. This might be someone who mindset's not going to work for because mindset only works if you have a place for it to work from. Mm -hmm. And if you have, if you've had some kind of trauma or even if you're depressed, you know, those type of things that you just don't have the space for the mindset to work. Um, and so start to pay attention. If they're not rallying pretty quickly with some of those mindset tricks, you might want to start asking different questions to see if maybe they might need to see a therapist and they can do it in conjunction with their coaching too. Um, you know, but it's, you just kind of have to pay attention and see what the difference is because mindset only works if you believe it will. And if you have trauma, sometimes it's hard to believe those things. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's not about, um, you know, there's a, it, so there's a difference between the, the positive thinking Versus you, you can't, when you're dealing with traumatic events, you can't positive think your way out of it. No. Right. You really yeah. have to, you really have to analyze it and dig into it and see, you know, look at it and see what is this really all about and get to the source of it, you know, you suss do. it out. You and do. that requires a professional to walk you through that. A you professional really trained therapist. Because I think that, you know, mantras and affirmations are great and they have their place. And I think, you know, trying to attain a more positive mindset and outlook is great as long as you're not bypassing your experience and your emotions that need to be expressed. And, you know, I did a talk um, in the fall in front of 300 women who were all business owners, and the topic of the talk was inner kiddo to CEO. And, you know, what I talked to them about was that, you know, these experiences that we have when we're younger they kind of create this little inner kiddo at different ages, maybe 7, 10, 14. Um, and they kind of come with us into our business. We don't ask them if they want to be there. You know, we just kind of bring them with us. And they become this little, you know, inner board of directors that's working with us sometimes and against us sometimes. And that when we can really dig into that and look at it, we can really partner with them and their gifts to help us build our business and grow it. Um, and, and so that's where it comes down to we're partnering with ourselves as opposed to fighting with ourselves to grow. And that's where transformational positivity, I think, really lies as opposed to just being a Pollyanna and ignoring your experience. That's not right. helpful. 
Right. So, so what are some things that we can do to, to, if we are looking at ourselves and saying, you know, if, if we say I'm struggling in my business, is this a result of, you know, me just not, you know, do I need to learn some practical skills or could this be that I'm, the result of trauma, you know, maybe small T trauma or something like that. Could this be, what are some things that we should be looking for to help us identify whether we, we need to look at something more closely beyond, beyond just, you know, going out and trying to get a, the right business plan or the right Mm. program or something like that. What are some things that we should look for? Like you had this, you had the insight to see mm-hmm. this for yourself. I think that's kind of rare that you have that insight to be able to see that. So, tell us some things that we might be able to look for to, mm-hmm. to pay attention to that. Right. Um, I think we all know what it feels like when something it, something in us gets triggered. Either we have like a butterfly stomach, or maybe our heart starts racing, and or maybe our brain freezes for a moment, um, and then you know, we start to tell ourselves some story about what just happened. Um, And so we've all experienced that. So start to pay attention to those feelings and sensations or trigger points that you have within your business and start to notice, wow, this is something I'm noticing a lot. And it's usually around um, this, you know, practice in my client, in my business or around this person and, and start to notice, you know, what your own patterns are around, um, around your business, or if you're feeling emotionally about something, you say, wow, I haven't felt this way in a long time. I thought that I was over that, you know, because <laughs> a lot of people will have gone to therapy and they're not thinking that those challenges they have from their past are going to come back in their business. And they're like, oh, why am I feeling this way? It's been 10 years since I felt this way. You know, like they notice something old coming back up or they notice some kind of pattern or behavior in themselves that they thought they had overcome and dealt with that starts to creep back up in, in their business. So those are some emotional ways and triggers to kind of look at, but there are some categories that I can tell you that this shows up in the most where you can start asking yourself some questions um, to kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive and say, where am I actually at in this, in my business? Oh okay. yeah. What are those? Yeah. <laughs> I know we need to go from theory to practice, right? Uh, before, um, you, before you say that, let me just say this, like one of the things that you, that I would add to would be, like over, like overreacting to, to something like you're like a bigger response to something when you walk away and you go, wow, did I react a little bit bigger than what that called for in the work environment? Yeah. Uh, yes. An overreaction, overpersonalization, taking ownership for something that's not yours, you know, that a little too personally, uh, you know, <laughs> in a, for, for business, you know, maybe I took something really personal. That was a business thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to hear about these categories. Yeah. So the, the ways that this shows up the most, and I'm still doing research on this and still having conversations about it, but where you can start to ask yourself, where am I at here in this category? And so the first one is trust. Where are you in the trust of yourself within your abilities to run this business or to up-level this business or or whatever this may be? 
where's your level of trust? You know, just kind of rate yourself there and think, yeah, I really do trust myself or I be honest, I don't trust myself with much. You know, we have to really know where we're working from in order to change it. So, and then look at how hard is it or easy is it for you to trust other people, employees, contractors, even clients, partners in your business. Where are you at with trust in them? Are you not trusting at all? Are you pretending like you're trusting them and still doing all their work at the end of the day? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> are you trusting too much and you're giving away your power, you know, to the people around you and not taking, you know, ownership over the the, the product or the direction of the program, whatever that may be. So look where you're at in that trust piece. It's very, very important. Um, look where you're at in your money. Are you connected to it? What's your relationship with it? Do you know where it's going? Are you in a place where you are charging for your services or whatever it is that you do in a way that is congruent with the vision of your business and how easy or hard is that for you? You know, look at that as well. Um, people will say charge what you're worth. And I don't agree with that because I think as human beings, we're priceless. And so that we have to, and, and what everybody wants to charge and feels good about is going to be different. Um, and so you have to outline what's, what's congruent for you. So where are you at with your money? How comfortable do you feel having those conversations? Do you feel guilty? Are you giving things away? Where are you at with your money category? Okay. The other one is boundaries. Where are you? Are your boundaries really flimsy? Are you, um, don't you, do you have no parameters around your time? Are you just like a dust in the wind where people just get to have at you? Um, or are you really, really closed off and you're losing those connections with people? Um, so, you know, boundaries around your time, boundaries around your service, boundaries around the space in which you work. You know, one of the things I saw often with my clients is they were trying to run a company from a broken chair in their kitchen because they didn't want to take up space and inconvenience their family. I'm like, come on, <laughs> take wow. up the space, you know, but yeah, your business and you deserve to have a solid partnership here. It deserves space and so do you. Um, so where are you at in your boundaries? And the final category is visibility. How comfortable do you feel showing up, whether it's speaking on being on a podcast, doing content, you know, how comfortable do you feel being visible? And I have to say that this is one of the ones that shows up a lot for people who've had some kind of challenge around their worthiness in the past, the small T or big T trauma is that being visible feels unsafe to them. And here we are saying, Hey, you have a business. You need to, you know, you need to sell yourself, you need to get on podcasts, you need to speak, you need to do Facebook Lives, whatever it is, stepping into that spotlight when you've had these challenges can feel brutal and it will hold you back. So where are you at with visibility? And those are the yeah. categories you just need to have an honest conversation with yourself about. Yeah, it is much more. Uh, I just had this conversation with on another podcast episode, we were talking, I was talking with Karen Graves about, um, sales and we were talking about the difference between selling a thing and selling services where you're selling you yourself yep. your 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 services and yourself as a brand which is such a thing now you know so many people are selling you know you're the brand you're the face of your brand and you're selling services and there's such a big difference she went from working for a large pharmaceutical company to having her own coaching 
company. And, it, and I asked her, I was like, well, I bet that was different because she was really good at sales, obviously. But it's very different when you're selling for a large pharmaceutical company and when you start selling your own services. Yeah. And you really, it, it becomes much harder because then it, it's really about putting yourself out there. And that's, that's tough for anyone, unless you're the most extroverted person anyway, <laughs> you know, because you are opening yourself up to a lot, especially in these crazy, you know, social media, reality TV world out there where everybody's a critic, everybody's got a voice, everybody's got an opinion, and not everybody should have a microphone, but <laughs> we've all got them now. <laughs> right. So, well, I mean, I've worked with people who are, you know, top salespeople in companies like Cisco who went out and started their own businesses. And it's different, you know, to sell some to sell a product and to move from that to putting a price tag on yourself and selling you. And and this is where a lot of the money mindset coaching I did came into where I noticed that there was a trauma piece here or, a you know, a, a fear safety piece because, um, it's a whole different story, you know, and in my opinion, women are amazing salespeople. We're, you know, top salespeople. We have strategies. We're smart. We're capable. We're competent. We have all these things. And then we hit this wall when we start something on our own sometimes because we hit up against that worthiness piece that shows up in our money. And that's not everybody, but, you know, I certainly saw a lot of that when I was doing strictly, you know, money mindset coaching, and it was usually connected to some kind of multi-trauma. Right, right. Well, this has been just so illuminating, and um, and <clears throat> now, of course, every conversation I have, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be going, hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and listening and watching and thinking about these sorts of things because you know nobody comes out of childhood unscathed with nope. <laughs> without something, right? Yeah, so, it's not whether if you have it, it's what you had and how much. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So um, just fascinating. And I'll be I'll definitely be continuing to watch and see what you're doing out there with your research and what you're going to be, you know, coming up with. And uh, because I know you're, you're really digging into this to, to see more of what you can find out on this topic and, um, and keeping us all informed about what you discover. So tell us how we can find out more about you and your coaching services. Yeah. So um, you can go to my website, which is Nicole.Lewis-Keeber.com. And if you're curious about what relationship you have currently with your business, and perhaps if you've noticed this somewhere before, like it was, is it your, you know, mean uh, boss that you had or a demanding father, you know, like my, my business was definitely my demanding mother when I realized what I was doing here. Um, if you're curious about what relationship perhaps you might have with your business and where you've noticed it before, there is an assessment on the front, the very first welcome page that you can download to uh, go through that workbook and start to explore what relationship you have with your business now. So I encourage everyone to take a peek at that. It's pretty deep and you can get a lot of traction just by doing that, that workbook. Um, you'll get a lot of answers for yourself and some aha moments. Um, so definitely go to the website so you can see that. And That's you can follow cool. me on Facebook, Nicole Lewis Keeper Coaching. I announce a lot of my programs, you know, that are going on uh, there. Thank you so much. It has been so interesting. I, I always love talking with you and I really appreciate you being here. 
and sharing with us today. This has really been interesting and informative. And uh, I hope to be able to talk to you again as you do more research and have more to share. Thanks so much. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D. Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO system. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high impact, high revenue generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team, and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time, then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solotoceo.biz webinar.